I want you to hear this. We're moving forward in 2021. Somebody shout forward 2021. Amen. Hey, Balcony, how y'all doing up there? Love you guys. See you today. Forward in 2021. A few things I've talked about last week, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to go into practicalities. I like to be very practical. Got a lot of things. There's so much planning to do right now. Um, Sometimes on Wednesdays, I've been alternating with Preston for some time because I need the time to invest in so many things right now, sharing the word. And Preston can preach. My goodness. Hallelujah. All right. He's like a savage preacher. Hallelujah. So any fathers in the room, any dads in the room? Have you, been, have you connected with the Savage Dad Facebook page? If you haven't, you ought to do that. Preston's got this great anointing on him right now. It's just amazing. And the Lord's been raising him up for some time. But uh, my children are old now, all right? They're pushing 40, all right? They're not there yet, but they're close, you know? They, they passed that 35, 36, 37. I won't tell you exactly, but... Uh, there, there, I can feel, and I, I need you. Listen, when I talk about leadership and moving forward 2021, I need some people to become leaders. Do you hear me? I need you to rise to your purpose. So I want you to be praying about that, and then we'll show you some practical steps. I mentioned to you at the beginning of, 40, at the beginning of 2021 and the forward campaign. By the way, Freedom Family Forward, right behind me. That looks cool. Anyway, uh, I mentioned to you that there are things that are quite important to the church. All right? One is evangelism. Listen, somehow we, we have to get evangelism turned up. All right? Anytime I say that, you think you're going to have to go to the beach and tell everybody they're going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. But you need to be able to share the gospel and find ways now to share the gospel like never before. The most important message to share is the gospel of Jesus. The most important thing. That's why we're breathing right now. And secondly, discipleship. To have people come alongside of you so that they know Christ and they know of him. So we are going to increase discipleship and be watching for growth track because I want everybody to be set free in Jesus. And I want everybody to know their purpose in the kingdom. Okay? You know when Jesus had finished with the disciples, he commissioned them. And they were ready. They gave their lives for the kingdom after they had been with Jesus. And he said, I made disciples out of you. Now I want you to go and make disciples. So I want you to do that. I'm looking forward to more ways of discipleship. Also, fellowship. Somebody thank God for fellowship. All right. Uh, I want to recommend some uh, other ways of fellowship. Don't allow your Facebook page to be your primary form of fellowship. All right. Don't allow that. You may need to establish some private small groups, some small pages where you can talk together. Does that make sense to anybody? Some smaller pages where you can talk with a community of people together, maybe a dozen or so. All right, maybe five, but some way that you can have great connection without constant interference. You need fellowship. And if you can't be here and you can't be in other small groups, you need that. But in the future, I'm looking to greater small groups in 2021. Anybody want me to want to do this with me? 
All right? Now, I'm just going to give you a little heads up. A little heads up. All right? All right? I'm looking for individuals as we move into spring that, will, that, that know God, that will serve God, and will start an outdoor small group. And I will provide the fire pit. Did you hear me? I want fellowship to rise up in 2021. And if you can't be in your house, we'll do it in your front yard. I didn't get a whole lot of amens right there, but I, I think I'm brilliant at the moment. And Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Backyard, front yard. Or you can go over to the park, you know. We did, we did uh, small group. Uh, we did a small group. We did our newcomers uh, late thanks, early December, late November, when the last one we had. We did it at uh, the park. And we were able to sit apart from each other and give a little food away. It was great. So play with me. We will do it again in February. Okay, so... Uh, I'm supposed to be preaching. So we've been talking about forward. And everybody say this with me. Tell the people to go forward. And who is that? Just so you know, I want to make sure you're still with me. Who did, who was, who was God speaking to when he said this? Moses. Moses, the guy, the burning bush guy. And Moses had not clarified what the people needed to do. He had said everything but exactly what they needed to do. It was all spirits. It was all great. You know, come on, stand up. Be strong. The Lord your God is with you. You know, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. But sometimes, even, even when it sounds good, it's not what God's wanting you to say. And the Lord, right after Moses says this, the Lord says to Moses, Why are you crying to me? Why are you shrieking out in fear? Tell the people to go forward. Now, if you were here last week, you remember my understanding of telling the people to go forward. That meant that they were going to have to walk into the sea that was not parted. A Jewish, a rabbinical understanding of that, historical understanding of that, was that the sea was parted after the people were up to their necks. Anybody felt like you're up to your neck lately? Anybody felt that way? So you're saying, God, why haven't you moved yet? And he says, I want you to trust me when you're up to your neck. I want you to trust me. If you'll take steps, then I will do miracles. Praise Jesus. I have loved this series ever since it smacked me in the face a couple, a few weeks ago. I have loved this so much. I love it. Praise Jesus. I, uh, I, and did anybody have breakfast this morning? Okay, my, the older I get, the more particular I am about certain things. So I appreciate certain things. Like one of the things that I appreciate is my heartbeat. Anybody like your cardiovascular right now? I had a dear brother that had had a, bi, not bypass, but just the stent put in. And he said, you know, one of the greatest things about this stent is I can actually feel my heart beating now, you know, getting the flow going on. And, uh, I like that. I also like, I appreciate my digestive system more than I've ever appreciated it. And I realize that at some times in my life, I have not been a good steward of it. Some of you have heard over the years that I would challenge myself to eat the spiciest foods that I possibly can. I love chicken and dumplings more than I ever liked them, you know, and 
vegetables now. Anybody with me on this? I just like my system to work really good. Now, now I'm getting a little too clear with you right now, but I, I, I just, I appreciate that. You know, I, I like things like that. That's why every morning for breakfast, I usually have oatmeal and blueberries. Anybody like oatmeal and blueberries? Somebody praise God for oatmeal and blueberries. Oatmeal and blueberries are good for you. Make things work. Good for your heart. Good for your cholesterol. Oh, you don't know hear me preach right now. I can tell. I also found something else. I also have found that I don't like the news in the morning. I don't. You say, Pastor, you just... No, I don't like, I don't like any news. I don't like any news in the morning. I mean, I'll check the weather on my phone. Okay? But I have to be careful on my phone because I'll start hearing things that I don't want to hear that will rob me of my peace before... I am ready for it to be challenged. So I still, how many know I have a candle? Diane and I have a candle on our table. If you don't have one, you need to get a candle. Go get your Christmas candles out. Every morning we light a candle on our, on our table. Every morning, and we have shifted to, to, here's something that I prefer. I prefer, and you can use YouTube for this, I prefer worship and devotions. I want somebody speaking into my life that I trust first thing in the morning. Now, some say, I don't have time for that. Get up earlier, all right? I like the candle to set the atmosphere. That's what I do. So I remember, because we, until this is done, we pray every morning. We have to pray. I often lead it. Diana sometimes lead it, leads it, but we pray for you. We pray for our family. We pray for prayer needs. We ask for the presence of the Lord. But we also listen to a lot of worship music. I will turn a worship set of music on and listen to it. And just let it run. I'll leave the house and leave the worship going on in my house. Some of you say, why are you like superstitious? No, I'm not superstitious. I'm spiritual. I'm not trying to figure it out. I know what's going on. I haven't even gotten a message yet. I look uh, some of my favorites, you know, for, you know, like I like, I like goodness of God. I love that song. I Played that so many times. Uh, it, there's a YouTube video, uh, Jen Johnson, live from Bethel Church. And wow, they just look like they're loving and worshiping Jesus. Praise God. You can see the Baines home. I love you guys. Welcome back. You were out of town for a while, weren't you? And I feel better just you walking in the door. Love you all. So good to see you. All right, where was I? So I stumbled onto David Jeremiah. Anybody like David Jeremiah? I've been listening to David for a long time. And uh, I was all into this forward series, and David Jeremiah stepped up, stepped up, and he's preaching on going forward. And I thought, he must be listening to me and stole my sermons, is what he's doing. <laughs> then I realized he had written a book about it, and I haven't, I haven't listened to his sermons. I haven't read his book yet. I should. Uh, I just haven't got to that yet. But here's what I determined. He's listening to the same God that I'm listening to. Right. What? Some people say, I've heard people come, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, the preacher in sneakers. I'm not that guy, all right? Uh, I might be. Don't play with me. If it gets people saved, I'll wear sneakers and Adidas every day, all right, if that'll do that. But, uh, you know, some people, somebody came to me, I heard uh, Stephen Furtick preaching what you were preaching. I said, he's copying me again. You know, that's, anybody ever heard of Furtick, okay, Elevation. So what I'm saying is, we are a part of the kingdom of God. 
Not just a church, not just a small community. When I'm telling you to pray in the mornings and devote, listen, I'm exhorting you. As your pastor and as your spiritual leader, I'm calling you to it. If, if, you, are, if you would say, Pastor, I would like to be obedient to the word that you're speaking. Obedience right now would be for you to establish a time of soaking in worship and listening and receiving the word. And praying together. If you're married, pray with your husband or your wife. If they are gone early in the morning, find a time to do it. And you might say, why? Because the enemy is going about right now as a roaring lion looking for people to destroy. And I'm not going to be. You think the enemy is looking for people that are unsaved? No, he's looking for saved people to destroy. And some of you are in these massive crises in your life. And you're saying, what should I do? Well, start by talking to God. Two things I want to tell you right here. We must hear from God. And we must go forward. Did you see what happened with the Israelites? They heard from God through Moses. It was a simple word. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't, I need everybody to put your right foot in and your left foot out and raise your right arm and shake your head back and forth and shout hallelujah five. That's not what it was. He said, go forward. What did Moses say after he heard from God? Go forward. And what happened? The sea parted. You're saying, we need miracles. Listen to me. Listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Come on, listen. Go forward. Learn to hear from God yourself. Jesus. Praise God. Cliff, it's so good to see you here, man. I love you. Thanks for your amens and your hallelujahs. For your faithfulness and your leadership of kinship. I'm so grateful for your leadership at church. I love you. So, after all that's happened in 2020, and we were looking forward to 2021, and now we're being pulled apart more than ever before. All of this that happened at the Capitol and what's happening in the nation. uh, We are people that are pursuing mostly our faith in the Lord Jesus. Am I right? Uh, It's been a year of pain and sickness and division. Anybody praying for President Trump? Okay. You said, how should I'm going to tell you how. All right. Now, I I think he knows of God. I don't know that he has a deep personal relationship with Jesus. So I don't know what's going to happen next for him, but I'm praying that he would find a place and he would fall into this deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, anybody that would deny that particular prayer, God help you. All right? I want him to know that he knows Jesus. I want him to have a rolling on the floor, speaking in crazy languages relationship with Jesus. I want him to have a prophetic relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? And I'm praying for Joe Biden. Anybody else praying for Joe Biden? I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would come close to him. That God would give him, I've mentioned this already, that God would give him visions and dreams. You say, I don't know, I don't trust Joe Biden. Anybody ever heard of Nebuchadnezzar? Come on. You say, I I don't like that guy. He can't hear from God. Uh, Go look yourself in the mirror. Some of you reprobates heard from God at some time. I'm not calling him a reprobate. That's not what I'm saying. Some of my Democrats are ready to shoot me. Don't do that. All right, listen. I'm saying, if you're in a place of leadership, you need to hear from heaven. 
God, heal our nation. But I'm not the president, nor has anyone invited me to run for political office recently. Somebody says, Pastor, why don't you run for president? I think some people have signed me up a few times. I think I got one or two votes this year. But I have a different office. I have my highest office, and that is the one that God has called me to. The highest place. I would prefer to fulfill my purpose cleaning toilets at the church. And it be God's purpose. All right? I want to fulfill God's purpose in my life. And um, it has not been easy. The struggle has been great. My role, I don't ask for your pity or your compassion. Well, you can be compassionate. I like that. I'm not a big fan of pity. But it has been a trying time for me. Trying time as a pastor. Tiptoeing around everything. And trying to make sure that I'm bold at the right time and quiet at the right time. Making sure that I... Help me. That, that I can lead... As Moses, and I was thinking about Moses in that moment when, I mean, people that he loved were saying, Moses, your fault that we're here. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, with all that's going on, something happens to somebody right here. You know, if something doesn't happen, it's somebody else. But if, you you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, do this or do that or do the other. And pray for me during these times. But just so you know, there are a few thousand people that call me pastor right now. They're not just the ones that are here, but people online and people in other states and other countries that still call me pastor. I've been pastoring people for a long time. Uh, I mean, I've, I've passed 31 years of senior pastoral ministry. And out of that, I have a certain amount of experience about difficult times. You know, I'm here to serve you not on easy days where everybody's jumping up and down, shouting and falling on the floor. I'm here to serve you on difficult days. And this is not my first difficult Sunday. I was preaching the Sunday after August 2nd, 1990, when the Gulf War began. I remember that Sunday specifically because that day before I was sitting with a, with a, a, a wife whose husband had just, taken, had just died uh, that I had married just a week and a half before. I was sitting there in the room in their house praying for them when the headlines came out that we had just declared war. And I was driven to minister to this family and I was also driven to get home and pray with some of my military families and and personnel. That was 1990. Some of you don't remember 1990. I was preaching April 20th, 1999, uh, after the Columbine shooting. I was here preaching that particular day when you know 12 students and a teacher plus 21 additional people, you know, they were killed and so many were injured. I was, I listen. I was preaching the Sunday after 9/11. I preached the day. Just the days after 6,000 people died, your family and your friends, and we are so in Virginia Beach connected to New York. I got a load of New York Giants fans all over the house, and people have stories from there. You know what I'm talking about? And I was here. I preached on that day. I, I preached the Sunday after the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. I, I was here the Sunday after Trayvon Martin 
was killed. I met in the hospitality room with my leaders in this beautiful all-nations church, multi, uh, multi-ethnic community of people. My people were hurting and my people were struggling. And I had to preach on that particular Sunday. Nobody said, well, pastor, you don't have to preach today. I was preaching that Sunday. The first time anybody ever heard the term Black Lives Matter when three young black sisters hashtag Black Lives Matter and it took off before there was an organization. It was just people saying, wait, let's be careful. Let's remember. I was preaching the Sunday after George Floyd lost his life and people started using the term I can't breathe. And I was preaching to a congregation like this. I was preaching to people that are diverse. I, I remember the Sunday. You know, Danielle's back there. Some of you, Willie Keith, some of you were there. The Sunday when after the Holy Spirit had told me, all the way back in the early 90s, the 90, 1990, 1991, when I told the church, we will be a multi-ethnic community of people who will worship the Lord together in unity. And we will show unity in every situation. I was there. I was here preaching for the last month of 2020. When we quarantined our church for a few weeks because our mem- some of our, our staff, you know, Emery and Drew and... Uh, uh, Steve and some of our staff had developed COVID. And I just, I just got to be careful. Got to take care of you. And as much as I hated to do it, and I called, you know, Cliff and some of the guys and said, what do you think? You know, this is what I'm wanting to do. I'm just going to close down in-house services for a little while. And, and I knew there were some that were going to say, why are you doing that? And some would say, why aren't you doing that? And I, I just have to listen to the Lord. Do you hear what I'm telling you? All I'm telling you, this is not my first Sunday. So I'm here today on the day when our nation has been struggling with the events of Wednesday that took place in our nation's congressional halls. And may I tell you, with all that I've seen, my heart is broken again. But I'm here this Sunday, and I'm not here for your applause. I'm here not so that I can be blessed or not that I could be cursed. I'm here to once again speak to this family of freedom and tell you, we will get through this as well. We are the church of the Lord Jesus. And no weapon formed against us will prosper. We are not a political campaign. We are not a single race of people. We are the bride of Christ, the elect, the children of the Father. We are recipients of the Holy Spirit, and we will not cower at any time. We may wear our mask if we must, but we may sit socially distanced, or we might be watching from our bedrooms or in our dens, but in all of that, we are the church of the Lord Jesus, and we will prevail, and we will rise, and we will go forward as a family in 2021 will not be defeated will not be divided the church was established we were built for times just like these the enemy leverages these moments to bring hatred and i want you to see because some of you don't see this okay i've taught you about spiritual things have i not taught you about spiritual things before have i not told you told you that there are a massive amount of angels Anybody read the Bible before? Massive angels. Big, bad angels. Big swords. But there are also some other creatures called angels. 
We use the term demons mostly. Now, so in case you don't understand, I need you to t- I need you to know this. Most times, when you are in spiritual warfare, you don't know it. You're just mad. Uh, nobody, I get amen. Now, there is a spiritual anger, righteous indignation, but there's also something called unforgiveness, where you don't see the whole picture. You only see it from where you were born and your own heart wounds and your am I telling the truth? All right? I'm a part of the kingdom of God. I'm a child of the Father and the enemy, I have watched him. People talk about looting and rioting and gunshots. You just need to see what the devil's doing right now. He's looking for opportunity to set a fire all over every every city in your house in your home in your place in this particular church. But we have the fire of the Holy Spirit. And I, listen, I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Can I say that? Is that all right? You think I'm crazy right now. Okay, I think you're crazy for not doing it. All right, I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. And I say, every devil of hell, your assignment has been canceled. You have no right to touch the people of freedom, the people of God. Get your hands off. I tell them now in Jesus' name to shut up and leave the premises. And I invite the holy angels of heaven just to have their way. And I ask God to send them on assignment to deliver the people of God and set the people of God free. You say, are you that kind of crazy preacher? I didn't know you that. Yes, I am. I am that preacher. Some of you have known me for a long time. I am that preacher. I Don't mess with me. I will cast it out of you. I am telling you the truth. I believe in the ultimate power of God Almighty to set God's people free. I don't believe the first page of the Bible. I believe the whole book. The whole Bible. Anybody with me on this? I don't pick and choose. I want Caesar saved. What? Yes. I want those almost persuaded people to get persuaded. Some of you know the scriptures I'm talking about right now. I want them to... Okay, I'm just talking, but... Can I get some amens? See, we're the church, and historically, we've been murdered, we've been beaten, we've lived under persecution intensive. There are people right now living under massive persecution. You never hear it on the news, but Christians are being murdered every day in other countries. All right? I receive a martyr's newsletter two to three times a week telling me the stories of my brothers and sisters in other countries who have been thrown out of their homes because they refuse to deny Jesus, who do not, but the Lord blesses. And there are those right now in prison. They are in prison because they will not deny the name of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this? Even from the very beginning to now, we continue to rise. We will not let the day bring destruction. We will rise because we are the church of the Lord Jesus and and, and resurrection. Somebody shout resurrection. Resurrection. Shout it. Resurrection. Say it. Resurrection Resurrection is how we do life. That's how we live. Something about kills us and we rise again. Something comes against us and we just breathe again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm supposed to be preaching a message here, but I'm having a good time. Am I okay? Is this all right? Yes. If it's not, don't say anything. But is it okay? Shout amen. Yes. 
You all right? You still online? Did everybody leave? Everybody still there? Pastor's crazy today. You ain't seeing nothing. I'm about to get real crazy in 2021. So, so my, the, I, I wanted to pause and back up a little bit and just give you two points and answer this question that Christians are asking, people are asking all over. How do we go forward from here? How do we go forward from here? With all that's happening in our world, how do we go forward from here? And I want you to look at the story of Joseph in Genesis chapter 32. But I want you to look at this particular statement. Uh, Jacob, I said Joseph, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. How do you go forward? I will not let you go unless you bless me. Somebody shout, hold on. I will not let you go. I will, hold on to, I will hold on to you, Jesus, until I see your blessing. I will not. Somebody say, I will not let go. Say, I will not let go. So, verse 24. Let me read a little bit of this. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, there's a lot of truth in this. And some of you say, this guy just had a bad dream. No, this guy had a spiritual, physical confrontation with the Lord. A, listen, the Lord manifested himself and wrestled with Jacob. You got to hear me. First of all, you need to know Jacob's history. Uh, his history, his personality are very important to this passage because Jacob, his past is filled with incidents of deception. I love the name Jacob. I have a nephew named Jacob. There might be some people named Jacob here. People love to use the name Jacob. And I think it's good, but I, I, I also love what it means. It means heel catcher. It also, it also another name is deceiver. Okay. So I want to name my boy a deceiver. No, no, that's okay. Because you know what, really, what your name really means? It really means the life that you lived. So if I say Benedict Arnold, do you know what that name represents? Is anybody? He was a treason, right? So not too many people name their kid Benedict Arnold these days. You just don't see it, right? You don't do that. Uh, you know, nobody names their kid Adolf. You know, it's just, who's, who's going to... Who's going to do that? Why would you do that? You don't know what the etymology of the word is, but you know what it represents. Right? So his name represented the way he was born. He was a twin. He was born second, holding on to the heel of Esau. Now, some of you say, well, that's just, that's just, you know, it's just a story, you know, and it didn't mean anything. It just happened to be that way. I want you to know that the things that happen in your womb impact you. I want you to know that the way that you're born impacts you. And some people have to overcome that. Now, that might be too thick for some of you, but you can have wounds that you don't even know about. All right? I, I realized some wounds in my own life. All right? Uh, you know, I got to this point where I was just jumping out of bed trying to figure out what was going on. And realized the Lord revealed to me a particular wound that had taken place in my life. And I had to speak of it and get, the, get freedom from it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Can I get an amen from somebody? All right. Anybody that thinks I'm crazy, just keep your hands in your pocket for a moment. All right. Because 
I, I plan to continue to be crazy in this message. So Jacob was born as a heel catcher. He was born with the sense of deceiving others. Okay? Eventually, Jacob tricks his father into giving him Esau's blessing. Esau was the firstborn. He was to receive the first blessing of his father. Not that Jacob would not have been blessed, but he was not going to receive the birthright of the firstborn. Jacob tricked Esau into saying, it's yours. And then he tricked his father. He actually wore clothes that were hairy like his brother because they were so different. And, and his father blessed him. His father had you know, lost his vision, Isaac. And then, so he blessed him and received it. So this is his life. And then he runs from it. Anybody ever ran from it before? He goes to his uncle Laban's house to live. Finds his wife, finds his family, starts and, and just blesses him. Actually messes with Uncle Laban in order to get out of Dodge. And so he decides he's going to go back and try to rebuild his relationship with Esau and his father and his family. So he's headed back and somebody comes and gives him a message. Esau's coming to see you with 400 men. I want you to think of a lifetime of brokenness. And then I want you to think of trying to make a good move and then finding that the people that you thought would love and support you now want to kill you. Now you're where Jacob is. So Jacob is so afraid. He's got all kinds of sheep and goats and stuff like that. And he's got family. He splits them all into two, two groups and sends them different directions so that he can... Uh, he can, so he won't lose a lot if they end up in battle. And then he gets alone, finds a place to get alone. Did I talk about this earlier? And while he is alone, God manifests himself as a wrestler. And it's the opportunity of a lifetime because, come on, folks. Some people say, well, I've never wrestled with God and I want to counter you. And I want to say, yes, you have wrestled with God. In fact, some of you are here in the room right now and you've been in a wrestling match with God for a very, very long time. The problem is you keep letting God go. And the other problem is, is you can't stand the pain. Help me. Help me, Jesus. All right. It's this, this is, it's morning. Uh, The Lord says it's morning. Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. All right. So I want to talk about that, give you just a couple of points. Are you ready for this? Okay, how do, how do I go on from here? One, let God use this moment to help you get real. Write that down in your notes. Let God use the moments you're in right now to help you get real. So much about wrestling that I love. How many know I am a wrestler? All right? I will hurt you if you come after me. Okay? You know, you just, I, will, I will find a move. All right? How big you are. Don't Please don't come after me. I said this once and a guy jumped me in a hallway on purpose. He really did. He shouldn't have though. Because I busted his grip and flipped him around, grabbed his leg and put him on the ground and held him there. And he was six foot two. Weighed about 200 pounds. And I'm holding him and I'm squeezing him right out in the hallway of the church. He and I were the only ones here. And he said, okay, I believe you now. Will you let me up? Will you leave me alone? Yes. 
It's one of my favorite moments of a pastor. It really was. Because I know how to do some stuff. You know, Preston and I have done some middle school wrestling coaching. John, you've been over there before. John, I don't want to wrestle John. I don't. I'll run. But uh, I wouldn't run. I just work it. So I like middle school wrestlers because I figure I'm big enough to whoop most of them. That's one of the things I really think. I don't want to do the high school wrestling coach thing. But the middle school wrestlers, I can handle that, all right? Even the big ones. And, and, and ultimately, one of them is going to test me during the wrestling season. They'll come up, they'll say, oh, you old man, you know, and they'll, they'll be busting on me. I don't know if you ever bust on people who are older than you. You need to get over that because we will work on you, okay? Because we got tricks we haven't told you about, all right? So, and I know they're going to come, and, I, and I'll, I'll just break back, and they'll shoot, and I'll stuff their head in the mat, and I'll throw one of my trick little moves on them, take a step, lay them on their back, and, and I'll just I'll leave them there, and I will cause them. Okay, I have to confess this. Please save me, Jesus, from this. I will cause them a certain amount of pain. I know I won't break their neck or anything. I'm not going to do that, but I am going to squeeze tight enough until they might think that their shoulder is going to disconnect from their arms. All right? And some of you are looking, Pastor, I can't believe you do that. I was a third of three sons. All right? All right? I got some, I got some early childhood victories in my... Anyway, so I want you to see the Lord coming to wrestle with Jacob. Seeing him kind of slap him on the head as he's about to take a nap. Jacob jump up. And the Lord taking the shot on him. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Taking the shot. If you're wrestling, you kind of get back and, you know, you kind of take that little step and grab a leg and pull it up. And Jacob's on his back. And what's going on? And he realizes that he is in a wrestling match with the supernatural. And Jacob doesn't have a move to match him. He doesn't. All he knows is I'm going to hang on. I have seen this in wrestling matches so many times where somebody doesn't know what to do. And somebody's standing, especially in, in certain places where somebody's like in top position. They'll put their arms around and try to hold on to them. The other person's running and pushing and kicking and squeezing and turning and that sort of thing. I just love the tenacity of I will not let go. Am I preaching to anybody right now? I love this. God starts it. God manifests it. God, you're not hearing me right now. I'm getting practical. God allowed it. Because Jacob had been playing with God all of his life. Playing with his love. Playing with his covenant. Playing with his daily provision. Can I talk to a nation for a moment right now? Can I tell you that we are the United States because of the blessing of God? Can I tell you that there were some people that worship God? Go ahead. Take a ride down to Cape Henry. See a cross that's there. Go out to First Landing Park. And, and remember, it's First Landing. It's not seashore. It's a place where people said, we dedicate this place in the name of the Lord Jesus. But we played with it. We played with it. We played with our provision. Am I preaching to anybody right now? We played with it. God says, this. He says, you think you've been holding on to me, but I'm, I'm, I'm the one that's been holding on to you. And what I really want to do is have a transition right now. That's why I'm wrestling you is because I want you to learn how to hold on to me. I've been holding on to you. It's called grace. Some of you would be dead a long time ago if it wasn't for God rescuing you, even when you didn't have a relationship with him. 
but you, he held on to you. How many know if it wasn't for God? Anybody? If it had not been for God. Now here we are, and we say, what's going on? Then you get all upset, and you get mad. You got some church hurt. Somebody hurt your feelings. Somebody said nasty things. And I'm not saying just minor things. I'm saying massive threats. I, you know, I'm here. I know about threats. I know about them. I have, I have been through the threats. I've been through painful times. I've been more hurt by church people than I have by people in the world. At least I know who they are. But I get this massive attack. It just comes against me and makes me not want to breathe. It makes me just want to quit and lay down. You can feel it. You can just feel the enemy kind of setting the fire underneath you. You know, and, and anybody been there before just because of the attack that's upon your life? I, goodness, I love this story so much. God's saying in this wrestling match, he's saying, you're at a new place in your life. You're about to cross over. You're about to step into your purpose. You're about to be the father of 12 sons who will be the 12 tribes that will begin a nation that will one day beget the son of God, the lamb of God, who will shed his blood for the redemption of all people. It's time. It's time for you. Come on. You've been playing with me long enough. It's time for you to step into your purpose, to realize that the world doesn't have to pat you on the back in order for you to serve me, that everybody's not always going to like you. And if you're going to to live your life for everybody just to say you're good. I mean, come on, you can't be that individual that just says everything is wonderful and no matter who you are and what you do, I just want to bless you and acknowledge you and I won't tell you that anything is godless or anything to sin. Everything is fine. Stop lying to the world. Stop playing with God. Stop pretending that the God that we serve is the same God that Muslims serve or the same God that Hindus serve. There is only one God and his son is Jesus. There is only one way. Stop playing. Tiptoeing around people. Love them. Listen to them. But tell people the truth. Jesus. Mess with me right now. I'm this amen and a women stuff is ridiculous. Did I just say that? Whoever you are, I don't know who you voted for. I don't care. I'm just telling you the truth. He actually prayed to the God that whatever name people use. And then he invoked pagan gods. And he's a Methodist preacher. Thinking, you need to fix your methods, son. Don't play with God that way. But people might be offended. Jesus said people will be offended because of you. But I don't want to serve that God. I want to serve the God that doesn't tell people the truth. Jacob, if you're going to raise up a nation, son... You're going to have to get real. You're going to have to stop deceiving people and running off to your uncle's house when you don't like what you've done. You're going to have to get real. Preach, Pastor Rick. You're going to have to get real. That's, and again, that's where some of us are in our life. Let me tell you what this place is. It's a place where the backsliding is over. It's a place where you stop playing like you're a Christian and begin to seek the God who, have, who found you. When you stop living like 
an unbaptized individual, like you're living like an unsanctified believer. Stop playing this church thing. Stop pretending to worship him. Stop liking the songs just because they have a really good beat. Start loving them because they're songs that have come from heaven. Sing of the goodness of God. Sing of his mighty acts. Declare the glory of the Lord. God's wrestling with him. And he actually causes Jacob to say, ouch! But he won't let go. Okay, I'm going to tell you a lie that people believe. God will never let you experience pain. Lie. You were born in pain. You were born covered in blood. If it wasn't for my pain, I wouldn't know what I know right now. That's why we say in everything, give thanks. In the good times, in the bad times, when you're neck deep in the Red Sea, go ahead and praise God. People think I'm crazy, you know, but, you know, I've dealt with death so many times. I haven't done a funeral. I've done about a thousand of them. I haven't hugged one or two people who had just lost a family member I've hugged a thousand or so. I've, hung, I've, I've embraced people. I couldn't even speak their language. I've met people. I, early in my ministry, I met a family at an emergency room. I was there to check on somebody else, but I heard the cry from another room. I can still hear the death cry. My pastor heart jumped into that room. I just walked in. I'm, I'm a pastor. Can I serve you? And I prayed for that family. I preached that funeral. I met that family. I have seen people hurt, and I have looked in my own eyes and seen my own hurt. God uses the pain to get us to have a fresh revelation of who He is. Somebody shout, Hold on to Jesus. Shouted, hold on to Jesus. When life gets real, hold on to Jesus. When you can't trust the government, when you can't trust political candidates, when you realize Trump ain't Jesus and Biden ain't the Holy Ghost, when you realize that you know some Christians who are struggling with racism and some preachers are just in it for recognition and benefits, hold on to Jesus. You hold on. Hold on when you're laid off. Hold on when you get a promotion. Hold on in the crisis and hold on in the victory. Psalm 20, some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. You know what the January 2021 version of Psalm 20 is, isn't it? After this week, I know that the Lord will take care of me. He's got me in his hands. Some trust in presidents, some trust in politics, but I'm going to hold on to Jesus. All right, just one more little thing and I'll wrap this up. How do we go forward from here? Wake up and move toward your purpose. Wake up and move toward your purpose. I I loved Reinhard Bonnke. He has got a great reward. Man, I loved him. Had a personal moment with him. Just me and myself and my wife. One time in my life, I saw this humble giant of a man. I love him. When he went on to be with Jesus, I thought, wow, heaven must be amazing. Reinhardt's there now. 
but he knew his purpose. And he used to say this. In fact, he, I remember him saying this. In fact, you might know the story. I met him. I was in an elevator. He, we were going to this conference, and they had a limousine. And he asked me, he said, would you show me how to get to the, to the platform? And I said, I don't know. I'll do my best, you know. But you've got a limousine out here. He said, I don't need a limousine. I'm just a preacher. <laughs> I love that man. <laughs> and we walked. I showed him. And that day he talked about his purpose. And he said, my purpose is that one day I'll stand at the gates of heaven and hold the gate open while Africa marches into the kingdom of God. And I thought, talk about a man who knows his purpose. Jacob had a struggle with his purpose, but it answer, it's answered here. His, he struggled with his purpose because of his birth. You hear me? Because he was born second, heel catching, and they named him heel catcher. So he lived out his name. But here, because Jacob held on, the Bible says that God told him, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Okay, read these next lines. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Notice what it doesn't say. Your name will be called Israel because you haven't had a struggle with God or with man. So here's the point. If you're going to find your purpose, don't find your purpose just so you won't have a struggle. But you're going to struggle with anything until you're doing... Here's what I believe. I believe every child born on this planet, God has a plan and a purpose for them. That's what I believe. And if you will follow it, you will find joy and you will find peace. So that night, Jacob got a new name. Struggled with God. Another way of saying that is overcomer. He woke up. Now listen, if you're going to go forward, first of all, you're going to have to wake up the next morning. You're going to have to wake up. Listen, wake up wherever you are. That scripture in uh, Genesis 32, verse 30, Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life was spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury in his hip. You know what's really cool about that? His pain reminded him that what had just happened is real. Wow. So wake up. Wherever you are, you may not like where you are right now. You may not like the situation. You might be struggling in your marriage. You might be, you might be a teenager and struggling in your home. You might have some stories of brokenness. Listen to me. Wake up wherever you are. You got a wife. You got a husband. You got some kids. You also had a purpose in your life. Somebody shout, wake up. You have failed. You have lied. You have cheated, but God is still your God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Anybody failed miserably? Anybody ever done that? How many have lied after you got baptized? Anybody? Anybody ever done that? Anybody cheated? Anybody say, well, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm, I baptized. God don't care. I, God won't judge me because somebody lied to you about that because God knows how to take care of what belongs to him. Hey, wake up. And if you have a limp, limp all the way back to your family. Lip all the way back and fulfill God's purpose in your life. All right, I'm done preaching. Everybody stand with me and let's praise God for the word. Oh, Jesus.
that was a good sermon. I am so glad. Jesus. Let me ask you, what, what have you learned right now that you're going to practically implement in your life? Anybody? Tell me. What's that? Take the next step. 91. Yes. Take the next step. What have you, what? Go forward. What, what have you learned? Don't let go. Don't let go. Stay in his presence. What? I didn't hear that. I couldn't hear it for you, man. Daily prayer with your spouse. Every day. What? Fulfill your purpose. Find it. Fulfill it. Fulfill it currently as you know it. Let God reveal it. How about this? Even my pain has a purpose. Trust Jesus. He knows what he's doing. Let's shout hold on one more time. Let's shout hold on. I will not. Wednesday nights, we're focusing heavy on prayer right now on Wednesday nights. Um, prayers and promises. Prayers and promises. Holding on to promises of God. Praying along those lines. Prayers and promises. I didn't hear much of a prayer from Jacob in this. The only part that I hear of as a prayer is this. Who are you? What's your name? Okay, why? Because Jacob had lost his ability to recognize the presence of God. Okay, and then the other part, the other part was declaration. I will not let go unless you bless me. Listen, hold on. You're about to receive a greater blessing than you've ever known. Hold on. Expect blessing. Expect God to use you. How many want God to use you? Anybody want God to use you? Okay. Okay. You sure? Because some of your military, you've lifted up that hand before and you did not know where you were going to be sent. Am I right? I mean, I thought Gulf War was people, you know, just take, listen, it was a lot more than that. It's a lot more. I'm saying, let me ask again, how many, how many would agree that you're ready to be used by God? You're ready to be used by God, okay? Because as you lift your hand, I'm, you're saying that some of you may be ready and some of you may not be ready yet. But I like that out of faith, you're reaching up and holding on to God. Because Jacob has still got to go meet Jacob and 400, or Esau and 400 men. It turns out that what he thought was about to be a curse was going to be a blessing. God will turn things around for you when you start seeking his purpose. Somebody shout, my name is Overcomer. Jesus, praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this word today. We thank you for what you've taught us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the way you've kept us. Some of you need to come to the Lord Jesus. I know some of you understand the teaching that I gave you and some don't. Some of you are watching online. Give your life to Jesus right now. Get your hands around the Lord. Get your hands around him. Confess Jesus as your Lord. 
Confess it. Say it practically. You might say, well, words don't matter. I think words are powerful. Just say, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. Say it. You don't even have to close your eyes. I receive you as my Lord. I know that you died for me. And I know that you rose again for me. I confess my sins. I'm ready to hold on to you and receive your blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody open up your communion. Let's receive it together. Praise you, Jesus. The bread and the cup. You don't have to be a member of Freedom Fellowship to receive this. You should confess Jesus as your Lord. And you should follow him. And listen, you should release all bitterness. Let it go. All right? Let it go. Father, we thank you for this cup and this bread. We thank you for Holy Communion. We choose to be with you and to walk with you. Thank you that you will never leave us alone. As we receive this communion, we say we will hold on to you. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that you have called us into this future. This church, this people will go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus gave them the bread and he gave them the cup. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood that was poured out for you. Take it and receive it in remembrance of me. Receive the bread. Receive the cup. I have some prayer workers that would come and come and wear your masks and come forward. If there's anybody that needs prayer today specifically for anything, if you need to give your life to Jesus, we have people that will pray with you, spend some time with you. We love you. I love you guys. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. I love you. I'll be back here on Wednesday, but I'm here all the time. I love you. I look forward to what God's doing. God bless you online. Thank you for joining us and staying with us. The Lord bless you. Be dismissed when you choose.